Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This, is, this is good up here because uh, you can take that, that uh, mask off. <laughs> I'll try not to get too animated in my message today and uh, exhale on some of you without the mask. Charlie, you hold your hand up there. And uh, just to say that, uh, that this morning as we come, uh, I believe that uh, it is a significant day in our church for several reasons. And the one is, of course, that we lost our, our pastor and his wife that have uh, been with us for six years now or more. And uh, how that is, that is definitely a, a healing time needed for us. And we hope that the relationship that we have with both of them will, will continue and will grow in the coming years as they live amongst us. I'd also like to uh, suggest today, it's a significant day for our church in that uh, it was just a short time ago, 200 years ago, oh, no, not too close, I <laughs> just 200 years ago in this church, um, the the first group of people met here in Glasgow. And uh, it's significant that the date that we have on our sign is 1820, and that this is the first Sunday of, eight, of uh, 2021. So this is really the first service that uh, is held in the third century of this church. And that's, a, that's a quite a thing to say, even though there are many old churches on BEI, as you travel around, you'll notice that there aren't too many that have that as their record. And of course, we know that it's not the building that we're talking about today. This church building was built in 1893, so we've still got a long way to go before the uh, 200 years is up for it. But it is the sign of uh, a, a time when uh, believers came together and sat around in a circle in a little barn across the river, just down um, from Glasgow Village. And that's where they had the Lord's Supper as we met today to do the same thing. And where they heard Elder John Stevenson uh, preach God's word to them and to expand the light that was intended to be in this community through this church. And so just so that you're aware of that today, I don't think we should have, have passed by it. I'd also like today to, uh, to bring my message on hope. And it seems that the Holy Spirit was speaking uh, to both of us today in the same way. And uh, at one time there, I said to myself, now, don't go any further on that. <laughs> because they'll think that I'm just repeating what you said. But certainly that's the way it has often happened for me. <clears throat> Whenever you are uh, uh, having thoughts on something, uh, the Holy Spirit will share those thoughts with other people, and uh, they will have the very same uh, experience. And so as I come today to share you something about hope, I'm going to turn to 1 Peter uh, chapter 1 and just read a few verses from the Apostle Peter. He starts by saying, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope 
through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to re be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it is retained, refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. What words those are. What powerful words which describe the relationship that we have with our Lord and Savior Jesus. Now, we are uh, referring to the word hope a lot these days. And the hope that we often are talking about is as a form of wishful thinking. When we say, I hope for something, we're saying, well, I really wish that will be what will happen. Or we're thinking uh, in, in many light, frivolous terms, I hope that uh, you'll get home before 5 o'clock because if you don't get here by 5, then uh, your supper's going to get cold and uh, you know, it's not going to be any good. There's all kinds of things that we're hoping for. And we say that continuously. And generally it expresses a sort of a, a wishful thinking of what we would like to see happen. We had lots of hopes around Christmas, of course, and what would happen uh, when we received our presents. We were doing that since we were young infants. And we were hoping for things on that day would be, would be appearing uh, underneath that tree. And so there's a, there's a lot of joy that comes from wishful thinking, but there's also a lot of, um, of sadness. And that is what is happening in our time today. And we would be uh, just negligent if we didn't recognize it amongst us this morning. I, I looked at the, uh, the scripture today, and then I, I thought of the, uh, the man Job, who was so afflicted, and who suffered in so many ways before God came to his rescue. And in Job 7, 7, he said, My days are swifter than a fleeting odor, and come to an end without hope. I never knew that the idea of a fleeting odor would be found in the Bible, but isn't it interesting that, uh, that that's the way he described his days, when things were going around him so poorly, and come to an end each day without hope as a result. And that is the way things are today. A lot of people uh, have their wishes and their desires, and they express them, but at the end of the day, they are somehow dashed, they are, dis they are changed, they are not fulfilled. In Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred, makes the heart sick. And I thought, isn't that the truth? 
When you hear the reports of how many people now are having trouble with mental illness, with depression, with uh, sadness and isolation, uh, confinement and loneliness, when you think of those things, you realize that yes, when you defer our wishes and our hopes, then quite often that results in a heart that is sick. And unfortunately today, we, we don't see the church standing up in, a, in that context and saying, oh, we have hope. There is hope. There's hope for you. And, and it's not just a wish that we're expressing that you'll feel better and that you'll be happy and that everything will be solved. We have put our hope in the vaccine. We've put our hope in, in, uh, in isolation. We put our hope in several different ways of trying to defeat this, this pandemic. And now we're beginning to realize that it's been deferred, that it might be a, another nine months before, before we have this vaccination. And even then, we don't know how long that will last or whether it will be effective or whether there's a chance that it will, this sickness will come to us, reoccur, even though we have it. So there's a lot of, of putting off the hopes that we have in our present need. And there is a chance that the sickness that results from it can come to all of us, a very high chance. And, and as a result, a lot of people we know today are not healthy as a result of the hope that we have in this pandemic being solved and being removed from us. In Jeremiah 17, 7, it says, Blessed is the person that trusts in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. And you see that neat little way of putting it at the end of that prophet's word? He said, and in whose hope the Lord is. He doesn't say, and who is hoping in the Lord, or who's, who is thinking that, that uh, through his wishing that it's going to happen and can't wait for it to happen. That's when you're happy. He's saying, blessed are those whose hope the Lord is. When I was uh, looking up this, uh, this meditation that I'm sharing with you, I, I went to the concordance and I looked up the word hope. And I found a very interesting thing. Do you realize that, that Jesus never said the word hope in all of the recorded scripture? There's no reference to him saying, I hope this for you, I hope this will happen. I hope that things will be better. He never said it. And so I began asking myself, why? Why when something that is so important to people, would Jesus not make a reference to it and, and even state it in a, in a comment of, of his relationships with people? And I began to realize that, that, that the, the secret is this, that it was never spoke by Jesus because he was hope. And he considered himself the hope. And I think that one of the things that he had, which is beyond us in our humanity, is that he, he knew so well the, the will and the spirit of God in his life that he did not have to hope that God would work, that God would do this, 
that his father would do that or that he could do this. He knew everything that was going to happen as it happened even before it happened. And so there was no need for this expression of wishful thinking on his part. And I, I never thought of that before about Jesus, how great that is, that he had the mind of God that knew the Father's will for this world through his life. And he did not have to place his hope in anything that he would say or do with people. In, in Colossians 1.17, or uh, 27, I'm sorry, it's, it, Colossians, uh, Paul writes the same idea. And it seems to me that I was missing this for a long time. The apostle seems to, seem to have, a, have come to this understanding that Christ is in you the hope of glory. Christ is in you the hope of glory. And then in Psalm 31, and again this idea of hope is stated. Jesus um, uh, is not speaking here, but God's will is speaking here. Be strong and take courage, all you whose hope is in the Lord. Again, that same idea that David understood what that hope was. The hope is in the Lord, that Jesus is the hope, that the person of Jesus is the expression and the totality of what hope is. And so as his followers, it's our position to, to rely on and to take this hope from him in the same way we take so much from him into our lives. Romans 15, Paul said, and may the God of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace by your faith in him until by the power of the Holy Spirit you overflow with hope. And so that's something for me because I think I don't have to, to have my wishes fulfilled. I don't, I, in fact, I wouldn't have my wishes fulfilled and I wouldn't be discouraged if they're not because the God of hope will fill me and it will be through the Holy Spirit that the hope within me will flow out. And so how do we apply that to our daily lives today? Well, we don't despair. We don't, we don't uh, be with people that do not have faith. We recognize that many people think that, that all that our faith is is just, is just uh, wishful thinking, that, that we're just pie-in-the-sky people who, who are just hoping beyond hope that, that there's going to be an afterlife, that there's going to be a God who forgives us, that there's going to be a God of mercy and grace. I think that, that the idea of our witness is, is important here. And what we can do when we are dealing and helping people in their, in their walk is, is expressing the hope that we have in Jesus and saying that that hope he gives you today. And we can't place our hope in the doctors, I'm afraid. We can't place our hope in the scientists. Did you ever hear so many references to science as you hear today being the hope for our problems? We can't place our hope in those things 
we can't place our hope in, in, in the various things that we try to, to protect us. These things we know, really, we know that they cannot totally, we don't know even to what degree they can protect us. We don't know to what degree our isolation can keep us safe. And many people, I'm sure, are not present here today because they feel that it's not right and healthy to be here because they hope that we would get, get this pandemic virus, but it could come as we meet. We should be staying separate, they say. And so, what can we do? The ancient world, I think, appreciated the, the faith that was received through Jesus because the Christian characteristic was hope. I think that, that the heathen people uh, believe, did not have any hope. And so do those who not, do not believe in God, who put their trust in God, who, who put their hope in God. So those people are today. And so that's the way that our society is operating around, around us. And we should be aware of that. We should be realistic about that. And so what is it? I just conclude by suggesting two ways that we can receive this hope fully into our, our conscious uh, understanding. The first way is that the Christian who has been reborn has been reborn with an incorruptible seed. All right? We haven't been born with the seed of our parents. We've been born by an incorruptible seed, the scripture says. And that very seed is the seed of God. And in him, and therefore, and God in him, and therefore he had in him a life which he gave to us, which neither time, nor eternity, nor any type of, of uh, destruction, whether by flame, by sword, by, by uh, drowning, by uh, whatever, can destroy us. We have been born of an incorruptible seed. And we have to appreciate that. That is saying a lot. And that is something that is directly from God's word. You have been born, when you are reborn into the Christian faith and accept Jesus into your life, you have been born, reborn, of incorruptible seed. All right? Now that's one thing that can help us a lot if we believe that. The second thing is that it came from the resurrection of Jesus. So many things in our faith ties itself back to Jesus' resurrection. And it seems that the Christian had forever then beside him and no, it was one with him from the time of the resurrection when Jesus conquered death once and for all. And there was nothing left from which we would then be afraid. Death is a thing that we're, we really have a fear of. And when I see all the people in the old folks' home just filled with joy that they're getting the vaccine, I think, wow, I mean, that's still with us, you know, even to our last day. We don't want to die. But there is one thing that we know through the resurrection of Jesus, that God was now one with us 
and we would never die. Their hope, the type of which I'm talking, is in prayer. It's in a lot of prayer. Because it is placing our requests before God, knowing that He has the ability to answer our prayer. Faith has a lot of hope in it. We believe in a lot of things, like Peter said, that we have not seen, we've never seen, and yet we believe, and because of the hope that is in us. And finally, there's a lot of hope in love. When we love somebody, I know that quite often in our humanness, we want that person to love us back, but more than that, we want to be like God. We want to say, this is God, this is God amongst us to love you and to be with you and to help you with all of your life needs. This morning, as we conclude, I would just like to suggest that, that as a church, we have a role to play right now in this present day, in this present uh, community, in the context of what is happening in our world today. And that is to be overflowing with hope with all those people that we come in touch with. Let's just close with a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today that it was indirectly, but yet directly through the word that you have showed us where hope is and who hope is. And we thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. We lift you up, Jesus, for, for giving us the hope that you never ever even referred to in your words a hope that we know and we recognize in our lives today. So, Father, as we leave here today, it is not without, without meaning that we've come here to worship you, to praise you, to recognize again an aspect of you that is beyond all measure of what we can appreciate. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.